Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. My name is Chris, joined as always by my co-host, Pat. Today is June 13th. We are getting closer to football season. We're coming off a huge wrestling weekend. Pat, what was the event? Uh, Final X. Final so, X. Yeah, so this was the final deciding event for who is the uh, – basically who gets to represent Team USA in the World Championships. That's a big deal. Yes. Cool. So uh, we're definitely going to get into that, um, but we're going to start with some football, which it's funny. You and I were planning this episode out uh, a couple days ago, and, and we thought it'd be a heavy wrestling podcast because there wasn't really a whole lot going on in the football world. And then and some things happened. Some things happened. Shit is uh, hitting the fan a little bit. Um, so let, let's jump right into it. I, I actually have two segments of recruiting. There's there's a bad section, which we're going to start with, get out of it. And we'll talk about the good section. There have been some good things happening, too. Um but yeah, the, the big news right now that everyone's talking about is there's a slew of decommitments happening, um, which is a word that I don't think existed until like recruiting became very popular. You don't yeah. just decommit from something. Um, but over the last five days, we've had three of our verbal commitments for the 2020 class uh, decommit, flip, reopen, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that is, it, it's a little bit worrisome. Um, before we jump into all of it, I, I want to say like, I think I think something that everyone needs to understand is this is 100% part of recruiting in 2019. Like people flipping, people decommitting, it happens literally everywhere. Now, that being said, you don't want to see it happen 3 times in 5 days. That is maybe there's a little bit of a trend going on, but yeah. I, I know you you don't follow recruiting quite as closely. What's your kind of general take on it? Um, so two of the kids who decommitted are classmates at the same high school, right? Correct. Yep. I have to think that's connected. Yeah. You know, that's no coincidence. So that's, that probably puts it into perspective why it's three in one week, because two of them kind of did it together. Um, you really hate to see someone decommit to us just to immediately commit to Ohio State. Yeah. That's the other one you don't like. And so this was two offensive linemen and a defensive back, right? Exactly. So that, that kind of makes it worse because this is a big year for offensive line recruiting. You have you have been very vocal about your qualms with the offensive line production in the last few years and how we yeah. need to rebuild and reload. And yeah, this is a blow. So, so let's start. Let's kind of go chronologically. We'll start. First one happened a couple of days ago. Grant Tutant. Uh, initially, he was the first commit to, to this class. Committed way back in November, I think it was, like seven months ago. Um, and initially, he was listed as a three-star. I think some services now have him as a four-star. Up-and-coming prospect, um, pretty solid lineman. Uh, from what I hear, he's actually been a good recruiter for this class, like been you know one of the guys kind of bringing other people in. Um, That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah <laughs> never want to see that. Uh, and he flipped to Ohio State. Um, so I, I think the tough part about this one is – he committed really early, right? Committing in November for the 2020 class. That's that's a lengthy commitment. And we've seen it time and time again, guys who commit early and, and maybe change their mind. Um, he committed to us in November. Ohio State offers in January. He's from Michigan. He said Ohio State is actually one of his dream schools, which you grow up in Michigan. That can't be very well received from the family. Um, yeah. But it's like, it's it's hard to get mad at that, right? It's like, okay, you know what? He, he committed to us when maybe he thought Ohio State wasn't going to offer, and then they did. He took some time. He explored it, and that happened. You know, um, not ideal. Okay, we're sitting. In, we're sitting in a place where we had six offensive linemen in the class. We lose one who might have been a cornerstone. It's it sucks, but 
part of recruiting. Let's move on. Two days later, three days later, Aaron Parks, AJ, I think he goes by AJ Parks, who's a four-star offensive lineman listed as a guard, uh, announces that he's reopening his commitment. So he doesn't necessarily flip to anywhere right away, but he said uh, in his tweet, he said something like, I made my decision based off of emotions, and I think I locked in too early. Uh, I'm, I'm reopening my commitment. This one to me stung a little bit more. Um, he was higher rated than, than Grant. Uh, Grant, they had 24 7 uh, in the composite rankings that they have, they had Grant listed as the number 32 offensive tackle, which is not stellar. Like he's a four star, so he's, he's still a good quality yeah. athlete, but not stellar. This kid, AJ Parks, is listed as a guard. They had him at the number nine guard in the country. That's a bigger blow to me. Yeah. So that's not fun. Okay, now we got two offensive linemen in a year, again, where O-line is really, really a big focus. We go from – And we've lost three offensive linemen. In what sense? To graduation. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Got it. Um, yeah, we, we've lost guys. Uh, our, our class coming in this year, I'll talk about that in a second, but isn't, isn't particularly strong. Um, or maybe I should say not particularly deep. Uh, and now we go from having six guys, which was looking like a really strong offensive line class. Like these are big boys, a lot of them. Um, AJ Parks is, I don't know, six, five, something or other. Tutant's a big kid, 300 plus. Um, I probably should have pulled their measurements, but this goes from looking like a really strong offensive line class to kind of we're scrambling now. Um, so you make a good point. We lost McGovern, we lost Bates. Um, who else did we lose this year? Might have been one more, um, but those two guys go to the NFL. Yeah. The incoming class, uh, we have Caden Wallace, who is actually a really, really talented kid, very highly ranked. Uh, I think he was like the number three guard in the country or something like that. So he'll play really, really well. We have a Juco transfer coming in, Anthony Wigan, um, which is great to have experience, but you never know how Juco is going to pan out. Yeah. Uh, and then Salim Worley, who is another solid offensive lineman. But for a class to only bring in three when you're losing guys to the NFL, it's again, this year is this 2020 class needs to be. A rebuild year. So you lose Grant Toutant, you lose AJ Parks. It kind of hurts. It's not ideal for the O line. So you, as a as a huge supporter of the offensive line, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is worrisome. You know, you you lose two starting offensive linemen from an already underperforming offensive line, and then you know two recruits, one very big recruit decommits i mean at least with him he's just reopening we could get him back yep um and i think he said penn state's still one of his top choices i actually so, I, but i believe it uh so there does seem to be a decent chance that we get him back but i am especially with the whole like three kids in five days it makes me wonder is this just kind of a random you know ah, it all kind of happened at once or is something happening yeah, so let's round out the third one. Uh, happened today, right before we started recording, actually. Josh Moten, who is teammates with A.J. Park. They go to high school together. Uh, he's a four-star cornerback, so like you mentioned, two offensive linemen, one defensive back. Um, and, yeah, when, when, when you start to think of, okay, is there a trend? Is there a pattern? Is there reasoning? There's some rumors going around um, on some message boards on Twitter. I was talking to one of our uh, one of our followers earlier, CJ Goon, a uh, guy that writes in a lot. We we interact with him a lot. Sh shout out CJ, um, and he messaged something that 
I, I didn't quite agree with. Um, and we kind of went back and forth, not arguing, but like, you know, we disagreed a little bit. CJ, it's all love, brother. Um, but then I actually had another friend, uh, shout out Brandon Beal, text that he was reading the same thing on message boards. And apparently the rumor is that Franklin doesn't allow kids to take visits elsewhere after they've verbally committed. So these kids who have committed super early feel like they need to reopen their commitment so they can go do whatever they want. Okay. I have a couple problems with this. One, if Franklin didn't let kids go in it, first of all, he can't, you can't do that, right? There, you physically, like, yes, you can allude to, well, if you go look in, I can't guarantee your spot, or, you know, you can, you can play that. <laughs> That doesn't yeah. really sound like Franklin to me. He's actually been quite the opposite. He's been vocal about kids not committing early for that very reason. Um, but maybe there's some like maybe there's some like salesman-y stuff in the back end that we don't see. I, I don't know. Um, but but the other reason for me is like we've seen it historically where kids who are committed to us take visits elsewhere because we we have to calm down the fan base of saying relax, it's just a visit. You gotta let them explore. Shit, Miles was very, very, well, I don't know, very close is the word, but he was super into Michigan State before signing day. Obviously, Micah, even before he decommitted and recommitted, was exploring. Like, this happens all the time. And if Grant Dutant wasn't taking other visits, how the fuck you flip to Ohio State right away? Like, those two yeah. things don't gel to me, you know? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. And well, the, I, I just – I'm so worried that there's like something it's not just, Hey, three kids kind of decommit in the same week. And you, you just get really worried that something is happening. These kids know about um, that's making them decommit. Yeah, and yeah. the other big problem is that with that is, you know, James Franklin's biggest strength as a coach is a, is a, he's a great recruiter and he, and guys want to play for him. Mm -hmm. And we all know, you know, he is not the, best X's and O's time management coach. You know, I think he's getting better at it for sure. Um, but those aren't his strengths. And if his two biggest strengths now are kind of sliding away, that's trouble. And I'm not yeah. saying they are. We, you know, we're ardent Franklin supporters on this podcast. Absolutely. I, I honor no treason here. I'm just saying <laughs> it makes you worry. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I, I have a, I have a hard time believing that this is because those kids wanted to take visits and Franklin like strong arm strong armed them to say no. Like maybe it's true because like there 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 uh, there was an article circulating earlier I saw where he had a quote from sometime last year and and this is a true Franklin quote. I don't know what context, but it said something along the lines of like after you shake my hand, like no more dating, no more flirting, which. Again, I think is his like philosophy of don't commit too early. Like once you commit, we want you here. We want you to be here. But I, at the same time, I just I don't see it being like a hey, if you take a visit, we're going to pull your scholarship or we're going to pull your offer. Like that just I don't know. That seems far fetched to me. So you hope that's not it. You hope that there's not some underlying you know change, not a culture problem, not a coaching change. You hope there's nothing else. Um, so people take these three in in one sense and say, hey, that's really bad. And then also we missed out on these elite recruits that we were supposedly locks for. Um, so we talked a little bit about this last episode, so I won't go into all the details, but Brian Brees, uh, number one uh, recruit in the country, defensive tackle, who we we thought we had a shot at, committed to Clemson. Again, it's Clemson. They're a powerhouse. They're a D-line factory. That one didn't shock me at all. Yeah. Um, but the one that did happen since we last spoke was Julian Fleming. 
He committed to Ohio State uh, a couple days ago, week ago. Uh, and this one, happen, yeah, we, we had a feeling the writing was kind of on the wall. And this <laughs> one is tough because he, he's a stud. He's an incredibly talented wide receiver. He will be an NFL talent at some point. Like that, That's how good this kid is. And he lives 90 minutes from State College. When you come in and your mantra is dominate the state, that's not the best look, right? Um, so, there, so there's a couple things, and I actually do want to spend a minute on Fleming. Um, he's the number five overall recruit right now, depending on the service. He's up in that in that top five, number one in Pennsylvania. Uh, this is Ohio State's first time getting the number one guy in Pennsylvania since 2012. Any guesses on who that was? Uh, uh, Terrell <laughs> Pryor? That's actually a really good guess because that was a big Pennsylvania kid going to Ohio State storyline. Uh, I think he might have been a little earlier maybe. Uh, Noah Same Spence. Yeah, Noah Spence, defensive end. Uh, I think he ended up getting drafted by the Bucks at some point. I don't know if he's still in the league here nor there. It's been a while since Ohio State has plucked the number one kid uh, from Pennsylvania. Um, so I went back and I was doing some research of like how many times we've gotten them. And I went, I went from 2012 on. It wasn't actually until – 2016 that we got the number one kid which was miles sanders and then michael parsons michael parsons in 18 yep uh 17 lamont wade i think he was the second depending on the service you look at uh behind deandre swift they, they, they normally name two people right oh uh, well that that's like the that's the like pennsylvania the, football that's like yeah p-i-double-a and triple a yep exactly that's that's the award so we do have three of those like because lamont wade won that so it was sanders wade parsons but when you're talking about just like ranking services who's the who's the highest ranked kid in the state uh it went sanders in 17 wade was uh two to deandre swift who is a super talented running back down at georgia and then parsons uh in 18. um but yeah you want to keep homegrown talent which it's funny i uh, i sparked a little bit of a twitter debate about this whole thing is like if you were a kid in high school, you're a superstar athlete, all everything else neutral, which I know is like super theoretical and, and hypothetical, but play, play with it for a minute. Everything else neutral, your relationship with the coaching staffs, your ability to play, the facilities, everything. Do you think you would rather like stay home, put on for your state or go somewhere else and like be different and like be the kid that got out? You, you had a very funny response to this on Twitter. So what, what do you think? Well, I, I said, you know, I'm from Jersey. So if I stayed home as the number one recruit, that'd be pretty fucking different. Rutgers, Rutgers. <laughs> Making a bad career move. Yeah. But in general, I, I do have to say, like, I would want to, all things being equal, I would want to, like, put on for my state. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, and it's tough. And, and our, our friend over at the Buckeye Blitz, uh, Ohio State, blog, Twitter, podcast. I don't know if he's doing his podcast anymore. Um, but he, he had a response that I kind of aligned with. And it was like, it, it depends a lot on like, you know, your family history. Did your family grow up being a fan of that? Were you going to the games or was it forced yeah. on you? You know, because like if it was just forced on you, you're going to be like, screw that. I'm going to get out and do my own thing. Um, so there's a couple things that that Fleming said, because he did some interviews afterward, <laughs> that are actually kind of troubling. Um, and this this is the one piece I want to get into. So um, he said, honestly, there was definitely a lot of pressure, outside pressure. Everyone always felt like they needed to give their two cents. I'd walk by in the street and they'd be like, go to Penn State. Uh, for a long time, I told everybody I thought I was going to go there and it was hard. I had to crunch some stuff down and they weren't stable on offense. They weren't pulling out games. Their coaching has been unstable for the past couple of years. So a lot of stuff weighed into it. 
that cuts deep, man. But he's also right in terms of the coaching being unstable. We're on our third wide receivers coach in three years. Absolutely. New offensive coordinator. That's yeah. I say it cuts deep because it's true. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of the things internally that we kind of point out of like, ah oh, man, kind of hope hope no one else is noticing these things and we get them patched up and that's yeah. sort of confirmation of like, hey, people are noticing it. Yeah, and, uh, and it hardly means that our program is in shambles. I mean, we're we're a threat to finish a top ten basically every year these you know these days. But it's one of those things that if it doesn't improve, you know, you get sort of death by a million cuts. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah, exactly. eventually we'll have a seven and five season and a six and six season instead of a nine and three or one of those. Yeah, and I mean, we'll kind of summarize this at the end, but it all comes down to winning, right? Like win on the field, everything else kind of becomes yeah. irrelevant. Um, but the other quote that he had that we talked about on this podcast a bit before about Franklin's kind of loyalty to older guys, uh, they asked him about, um, or maybe they didn't ask him, but it said when Fleming sorted through his options, he kept coming back to Justin Shorter, who was the top-ranked receiver in last year's class. You remember Shorter came in as the number one guy. He said, I did see that throughout the year, and I didn't agree with it. You got to play your best players, and obviously he's a freak. He's 6'3", 6'4", 215, and they just didn't utilize him whatsoever. So that was one of the big things I thought about. It kind of took its toll a little bit with the number one kid going in and not really playing at all. This one, this one I, I think is super important, but for a couple of reasons. Uh, these quotes are all coming from uh, The Athletic, Audrey Snyder, shout out, one of our favorite writers. Um, we, we've talked about this, how like, hey, you got these young four or five stars coming in, like you got to play them. We heard last year that Justin Shorter was hurt and he was battling a couple of injuries and he was, you know, working his way on, on recovering from that and also getting up to speed. And that's why he didn't play. My biggest question with this one is, did Julian Fleming have this conversation with Franklin? Did he say, hey, you got the number one wide receiver last year and he didn't play a lot. What happened? Or did he just take it as an observation and kind of make his judgment? Because I think that plays out two very different ways. Like, if he asks Franklin, then either Franklin didn't do a good enough job of explaining and convincing the true reason or the reasons that we were told maybe didn't quite pan out. Like, I, I don't know. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I, cause I, I'm, I kind of agreed with him when he said that. Um, I thought Justin Shorter should have been playing a lot more, especially when you looked at the production that our wide receiving court was getting um, yep. outside of KJ Hamler and Pat Fryermuth, it was a hundred percent disappointing. And you were like, well, we have this apparent freak number one receiver in the country. Why isn't he even getting a look? It was frustrating. Yeah. And I think, like I said, it's tough to see that being like an outspoken reason for a top recruit not coming to Penn State. In your own backyard, a kid that's supposedly a lock, for him to say like, hey, yeah, I, I saw that. I noticed it, and I, I wasn't okay with that. Like we, we've talked about some of these kids that are coming in now. Noah Kane, who's coming in as a, a, a top running back from Texas, he has said, hey, my plan is to come in, play, play for three years and go to the NFL. And like, I think he has the talent to do it. I think we're going to see a lot of young kids starting to play because the talent level that's coming in kind of forces that hand, but you gotta, you gotta follow through on it. You gotta do it. You know, if you're bringing these kids in and they are better 
than the veterans on the team. You got to find a way to make it happen. Um, and I know there's a lot more that goes into it. Like it's not just a easy yes or no. Like there's a million different factors, but yeah, I think that one was tough because Julian Fleming, like I said, has been linked to Penn state for a couple of years now, right in the backyard, chooses Ohio state. I, I don't see him flipping. Like you always say with verbals, there's always a chance. There's always a chance, but he's pretty solid. Um, he said he's a hundred percent to Ohio state. He's already been recruiting other players there. It, it seems pretty set in stone. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, oh, last thing actually on that, uh, he mentioned like the, the stability piece. Um, and Grant, I, I watched an interview that Grant Tutant did as well after his flip. And they kind of asked them about, about that with like urban Meyer leaving. They're like, you know, what made you feel comfortable even though urban's gone? And they both kind of echoed the same sentiment that, Ryan Day, who is now the head coach there, you know, coached the first three games and did really well. And basically for the rest of the season was kind of running the show with Urban as more of like a figurehead. Um, so you kind of see that like they had their ducks in a row, like they knew what was going on. They were prepping themselves. They were prepping the recruiting for this. And that's why like people always ask, oh, Urban's gone. You know, Ohio State's going to suck and we're going to take over. I'm like, I doubt it. Yeah, when program when programs are like that, they they plan for these things, man. So yeah, th this is the bad of the recruiting right now. We lost three kids. We whiffed on one incredible talent that we thought we were gonna get. It's not ideal. It's really not. The saving grace out of this is it's June. Nobody can sign until December. There's a lot of football to be played on the field. Yeah. This shit happens. Like you, you literally, if you look through the classes over the last couple of years, every school has decommits. Um, actually, I looked at like Clemson. I don't think had any of the last two years, which doesn't surprise me. But like even Alabama, even Ohio State, even LSU, you look at there and 24-7 has this. You can go to 24-7, you can go to any year's recruiting, and you can you can flip to decommits and see how many kids decommitted. And a lot of times there, there's different reasons. There's kids who came in early and then saw better talents come in for their position, right? Maybe a three-star or a four-star committed, and then they see two five-stars their position commit and say, hey, this isn't a great place for me anymore. Uh, sometimes it's the other way. Sometimes a kid, you know, like I mentioned earlier, is starts out as a three-star and ends up as a high four-star and gets offers he never thought he was going to get. Like, th this is part of the process, especially, especially with – the focus of social media. Like, I don't know if you saw AJ and Josh Moten both have these like big graphics announcing their decommitment, which like, it seems so strange. Um, yeah. I was like, all right, way to run yeah. it in. Yeah. It's, and it's like, I get, I get that it's a moment for them and I get that it's like a big deal, but it's like, I just want to think. Maybe don't be so excited to decommit. Yeah. It's like, I want to thank God <laughs> and my family for getting me here. Like, please, please respect my decision. No interviews. Like, but now my commitment is reopened, like in bold letters, like, it was the same format. I'm guessing someone at their high school did it for them. And and I don't I don't knock either one of them for doing it necessarily because that's the system that we're in right now. But it's just – it's the whole recruitment is a spectacle. So I'll end with this. Penn State fans, be a little worried. Definitely be a little worried. But don't hit the panic button yet. Don't freak out. It's June. We got a long way to go. Yeah, there's smoke, but we don't know if there's fire yet. Yeah, exactly. Um the only other one, we I think we talked about this last time too, George Campbell, uh, the wide receiver transfer in that we were supposed to get from Florida State. Um, couldn't I guess they couldn't get him into a grad program. Uh, I guess there were no programs that he fit into for some reason. Uh, he lands at West Virginia. Wait, I didn't, I didn't hear about this one. 
Yes. Remember, remember George Campbell, the Florida State. I remember him. I didn't hear about this. Now he's not coming. Yeah. Okay. So he's the uh, way to follow our own Twitter feed. I've talked about it for a day and a half. Um, kidding. Uh, so yeah, he, I guess as a grad transfer, you have to get into a graduate program and the, the articles say that, I don't know if he couldn't find one, if he wasn't eligible for one, or maybe that was just a cover up for another reason. I don't know. Um, but couldn't get into a program. So he has now landed at West Virginia instead. Um, I, I am not, and this is before all the other shit happened. So like, I'm not, I'm not super worried about this, honestly. Uh, we talked about how it was a very, it was going to be a boomer bust. Like he had very limited on field experience because of injuries. He was a five-star once, but didn't know what you were going to get. Um, but yeah, he lands at West Virginia. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's it is, but it isn't. Like if how do you if not he, find a program for him? Right, there's got to be some grad program that like anybody can get into, like graduate basket weaving or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that, it is what it is. But at the same time, who cares about higher education when we've got football to play, people? What's the what's the famous <laughs> Cardale Jones? We didn't come here to play school. We came here yeah. to play football. Um, you ever seen a? There's a great football movie called The Program, where James Kahn is he's a head coach of what is I think very clearly molded after Florida State, and there's someone talking about how you know whether like the kids deserve everything they're getting, and he's talking about you know basically all the money that football generates for school. And, you know, a hundred thousand kids never showed up to watch. Watch a kid do a goddamn chemistry experiment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got a point. You got a point. Um, so, yeah, like, it, it's it's unfortunate, but honestly, for me, too, if he was going to come in and play a role that is anything less of, like, absolute game changer, I'd almost rather have Justin Shorter, uh, Danny George, Jahan Dotson, like, all these guys that are part of the program and going to be part of the program, let them yeah. get the reps, you know what True. I mean? George Campbell was a one-year rental. Um, and again, if he came in and lit it up, sure, it would have been awesome, and we would have been rooting for him. But I don't know. It's one where I'm not I'm not going to lose sleep over it. All right, so let's flip to some of the recruiting. Good. There are a couple of positives. Uh, yeah, that's, very, that's heavily, true. very heavily outweighed, but we did have a couple of commitments since we last recorded. Uh, we, got, we got an offensive line commitment, so balances out these, these couple. Uh, Olu Fashanu from Washington, D.C., uh, he's listed as a three-star currently. Uh, he's 6'5", 320. Um, yeah, Olu Fashanu. That's a fantastic name. Uh, he's our highest-graded offensive lineman now, so all of our offensive like linemen, that. I believe, are three-stars oh, at this point. Um, but but I think you see this a lot with O-linemen. I think a lot of that – I think more than other positions, there's room to grow. Because as a younger kid, like, you're going to put on weight. You're going to get better. So – it wouldn't shock me to see him as a four-star at some point. You see it a lot of alignment. Um, so, yeah, we do have four O-linemen in our class, nine commits total now since we lost a couple. So four of the nine are O-linemen, so we're still O-linemen heavy. Um, and I think you'll see more come in. So um, welcome to Olu. Next up, we got Norval Black. Uh, another great name, honestly. Norval, love that. Um, Juco wide receiver. So he was on campus Sunday for a camp. Uh, got an offer, committed on spot. Love the dedication. Yeah. You're on the spot. Come on, man. You got this. The last Juco guy I remember was, was that quarterback, PJ? 
Oh, like Paul Jones? No. Yeah. Was it? I, that's oh. the last one I remember. That's not the answer. So <laughs> there's a couple. <laughs> uh, you have to go back to 2015 to find the last one that's actually played for us. Paris Palmer. He was an offensive lineman that came in. Uh, actually played a bit. Uh, played pretty well. Came from Lackawanna. And then we actually have two in this class. I mentioned one earlier, Anthony Wigan, offensive lineman. He'll be coming in this year, 2019. And then also Jaquan Brisker. I think you've mentioned him on the show. Oh, before. I do like Jaquan. Yep. So he is coming from Lackawanna safety, right? as well. Yep, exactly. Yeah, safety. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of a pipeline. It's right there in Pennsylvania. Um, I, I like this kid, Norville. Uh, so it's his first year. So he actually, he's part of the 2020 class. Um, when I saw a Juco transfer, I thought maybe he was coming in this year to like maybe backfill George Campbell kind of thing. Um, but I guess he'll play another year at Lackawanna and then come in 2020. Uh, so he's 6'1", 158. So a little light. I'm sure he'll have to put on some weight. Uh, but he's the fourth ranked Juco wide receiver. So they do rankings for like just junior college pool. Um, small sample size. He had just one year playing there, but he had 15 receptions for 445 yards. So it's an average of 29.6 per reception. He's a deep threat. Yeah. Five touchdowns. Um, and then his offensive coordinator had a really nice quote about him. Uh, said, Norville is a great player and great kid. Sky's the limit. Uh, he only played ball for his freshman year at Lackawanna and as a senior in high school. So I guess he's fairly new to football. He said he's the best I've ever seen at adjusting to ball in the air. He also has legit 4-5 speed. I love that kid. Wish I had a wow. more of him. So, I mean, your coaches are always going to say nice things, but that's a glowing endorsement. One more commit to talk about. Uh, Jordan Stout, kicker. He's a transfer from Virginia Tech. Uh, yeah, really cool. So he was a walk-on there. Uh, so the way I understand it is because because we're giving him a scholarship, he is eligible to play immediately, which is really cool. His uh, kickoff specialist in his one year at Virginia Tech uh, kicked 60 of his 71 kickoffs for touchbacks. That's an 84.5% rate for touchbacks, fourth best in the FBS. Pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, better than what we were doing. Yeah, so if you remember last year, uh, Pinnegar was our guy for field goals, but we had Rafael Cheka doing kickoffs. And for what it's worth, Rafael Cheka, walk-on, uh, did the best he could, but was somewhat inconsistent. Um, I think this kid, Jordan Stout, takes over that job immediately. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see kind of if he pushes Pinnegar for the field goal job. Uh, he didn't kick much at Virginia Tech. I think he had one field goal that he missed but he made four extra points and that was like his whole body of work. They really just used him as a kickoff specialist. Um, but if you see the video on Twitter the other day, he posted a video of himself nailing a 70 yarder, which I mean, like I know it's on air. It's against no defense. That's still, still impressive. Well. That's still impressive. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like, you know, J Jake Pinnaker came on, ended up being much better throughout the season than he started. But it's not like he's a lock as our as our kicker by yeah. any means. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think at the time last year he was our only scholarship kicker. So you bring Jordan Stout in now, you got some competition at least. Which at the end of the day, if it pushes Pinnegar to be better to keep the job, or if Jordan Stout outright wins it, I think it puts our special teams unit in a good position. It's a win-win. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't know if you saw my my second tweet. The flow on this kid. He's got some hair. Him and Blake Gillikin are making yeah. a really good special teams unit. <laughs> um, and I think what's cool, too, is apparently this kid can punt as well. So 
this is Gilligan's last year. Um, we've kind of come to be really accustomed to Blake Gilligan just being our punter, and this is his final year. Uh, Jordan Stout will have three years of eligibility. So if we need a punter and he steps in and performs, that might be a nice little seamless transition. True. All right, so that's all for the positives of recruiting. Um, one quick update, though, on transfers. We just talked about Jordan being a transfer in. If you listened to our last episode, and if you didn't, go check it out. It was a pretty good one. Uh, we spent a good bit of time on the transfer portal, how ridiculous the NCAA is about who they're granting immediate eligibility to and who they're not. I just want to give a quick update because this infuriates me. Um, and, I, and I do want this to be a positive podcast, so I won't spend too much time on the negative. But update, uh, Luke Ford, who is a tight end, uh, he was at University of Georgia for his freshman year applied or transferred i'm sorry he transferred to university of illinois to be closer to his sick grandparents grandfather i believe his waiver was denied because university of illinois was slightly too far from his house they said nope it's not close enough appealed i guess and came out and said it is now officially denied so he will have to sit out a year because he wanted to be closer to sick grandparents ncaa what the fuck? Like, this is so infuriating. Justin you know, what, Fields. What is, this, what is this hardship that Justin Fields was going through? Justin that Fields this kid with his dying grandfather isn't isn't experiencing right now. It's fucking ridiculous. It is. It is. And like I said, I don't. I honestly don't blame the kids. Like, I don't blame Justin Fields. He's taking advantage of the system that exists. Yeah, fine. If he, if he wants to go so he can play, I'm okay with that. Let's not pretend that's a hardship when you compare it to your grandfather dying. Absolutely. And then Tate Martell, his hardship was, hey, Justin Fields is coming to take my job. And the coaches told me that I should transfer. So I'm going to go to Miami. And guess what? He's got immediate eligibility. So it's just like, it, it, again, we, we talked about it, so I won't, I won't spend forever. But there's got to be a system. It's either there are rules and they apply to everyone. Or there are no rules. And everyone gets to transfer wherever the hell they want, which – Obviously, I'm not like advocating for, but maybe maybe the system is like, hey, you get one transfer in your collegiate career, use it whenever you want, you get to play immediately, but after that, that's it, you're stuck. Because this is my other problem, and I alluded to this last time, these two kids are becoming like kind of famous in the recruiting world of Twitter. We've got Brew McCoy and Chris Steele, who they're both from SoCal, if those aren't the like most prototypical SoCal Cali. Brew McCoy. Yo, I'm Brew McCoy, bro, and I'm, I'm Chris Steele. Definitely Steel. plays quarterback, right? Uh, Brew is a wide receiver, five-star wide receiver, and Chris Steele is a four-star corner. Uh, they're definitely like surfer bros, got to be. This is, the, <laughs> this is how ridiculous this is. But I, I want to read the timeline because it is that ridiculous. This is, this is – they're not – they're freshmen. They haven't actually played a game yet, Okay. January 5th, Brew McCoy commits to USC. January 6th, he signs his letter of intent, which locks you in. January 8th, he enrolls. So quick, really quick, couple of days. Hey, I'm here, sign my letter, I'm ready to go. That was January 8th. January 24th, decommits. Goes to the transfer portal. January 25th, the very next day, commits to Texas. January 26th, enrolls at Texas. So from January 5th, when he committed to USC, he committed, signed his letter, enrolled, decommitted, committed to Texas, enrolls. Guess what happened two days ago? He enrolled back at USC. What? 
What? This is before he's ever even played a game. He snip snap, wow. snip snap, Michael Scott. What? His buddy. How is he allowed to do that? No idea. No idea. I, I imagine that he's like, I guess he's going through the process right now, and it'll be very interesting to see if he gets granted, like, has to set out or not. I, I can't say, I can't see them telling him he has to sit out because why would they? Like, I have no idea. His buddy, Chris Steele, this is another funny one, January 30th of 2017. So we're going way back. January 30th of 17, verbal commit to UCLA. Eight months later in August, decommit UCLA. Uh, July of 2018, so this is like a year later, commits to USC. October of 18, decommits to USC. December of 18, signs his letter of intent to Florida. January of 19, enrolls in Florida. May of 19, hey, I'm in the transfer portal. Guess what he did two days ago? Enrolled at USC. What? Well, you know, they've got such a stellar history of going through recruiting really cleanly that I'm sure nothing's happening. (laughs) I'm sure they've won these kids back on the merits of their program alone. (laughs) <laughs> gotta be gotta be never ever ever a problem there this is just like this is the laughing stock that the ncaa is and again like uh, brew mccoy and chris Steele. like i kind of want to hang out with you because you guys sound cool like oh do they party i don't even blame them like because guess what they know they can get away with it and they know they can do whatever the hell they want like maybe they're hardships i don't know their whole stories but like NCAA. What is, what is Brew McCoy's out. hardship? He goes to he, he can't shotgun beers <laughs> in the humidity of, of, of Texas as fast as he can in California. Man, the waves just weren't what I thought they were going to be, bro. Bro, let me tell you, man. California, I was shotgunning beers in two seconds flat. This humidity in Texas, it's like two five. I I can't do it, man. It's a pretty good Brew McCoy impression. I've never heard him talk, but I've got to imagine that's what he sounds like. Um, so yeah, that's that's my two cents on the transfer portal. Like NCAA, figure it out. Um, and honestly, if you're listening to this, you've heard me complain about it enough. If you have ideas, like tweet them at us. I would love to hear actual ideas of how to fix this because it is a problem and it needs to get fixed. Like NCAA needs to figure out what they're going to do about it. So that's kind of uh, yeah, that's my transfer portal. All right, we are going to end with one more football topic uh, before we get into wrestling. We're going to talk a little gambling. Um, if you don't know, I'm a degenerate gambler. Uh, Pat is a degenerate by association. Last year, we made our picks. I all. would be if I had the money to gamble with. Yeah, for the record, I'm not gambling a lot because I don't have a lot of money either. But like, I like it. Um, this season, we're gonna we're we're gonna, we're gonna have a segment on every every episode. Uh, I think we're I think we're gonna stick with the name of the Penn State Pick'em. Uh, if you've got a better name, let us know. But we're going to give our best picks every week on the Penn State game. And then we'll probably take a look around the Big Ten and maybe pick another game or two that we like. Um, but it's early. It's June. Uh, we're in the futures market. This is where if you want to get a long shot and try to cash out, this is when you bet. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch hockey, but the uh, Stanley Cup finals ended last night. The Blues won the championship. Yes, they did. Ryan O'Reilly, MVP. It was it was a great game, really great series. But if you remember, in January, they were terrible. They were the worst team in hockey. Worst team in hockey. There were a couple of betters who got in at three hundred to one, four hundred to one. People are betting like a couple hundred bucks, making a hundred k plus. Like this is the fun of gambling. So let's talk about it. If you are a believer and you believe 
that Sean Clifford is going to take us all the way and win the college football playoff. Now is your time. Penn State is listed at 100 to 1. That means $1 gets you $100. That's damn good value. I yeah, don't throw 20 bucks on that. Throw 20 bucks on it. Why not? That's a good deal. That's a good deal. Let's do some math. What would 20 bucks get you? $2,000. Yeah. That's a good deal. Uh, th- those are the 18th best odds across the board. Uh, usual suspects up top. Clemson is the favorite. Alabama not too far off. And for reference, those guys are like two to one. So like if you bet 20 bucks on Alabama, you're going to win 40 bucks. Yeah. Uh, Georgia's up there. Ohio State, 12 to one. Oklahoma, 16 to one. Michigan, 22 to one. Again, all all the heavy hitters. So if you believe that we are going to win a national championship, go to, and this is FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, I typically bet offshore because I'm in California and it's not legal here yet. Uh, IRS, if you are listening to this, didn't say that. But for those of you in the Northeast, which I imagine a lot of our listeners are, head over to Jersey, go to the FanDuel Sportsbook and get your bets in. Mm -hmm. Um, Heisman odds. We don't have anyone on the list. Is that a shock? Sean Clifford should be there. He will be. Honestly, I, listen, if he plays if he plays good enough after, I would guess, three weeks, he'll crack the board, and he'll be a super long shot, which is great. I can throw 10 bucks on it. Why not? I mean, considering, you know, three out of every four passes he throws is a touchdown. That's true. I mean, he is the most efficient quarterback of all time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move to maybe a little bit more of a realistic one. Big Ten championship winner. Penn State. Let's play this game, Pat. Where do you think they rank? Not necessarily the odds, but like in like what number are they out of the Big Ten teams? Fourth, third. Hey, stick with your gut. Fourth, absolutely right. So they are fourth. Uh, this is my to one, maybe sixteen to one. Okay. And they were. I tweeted out a couple days ago. They were at fourteen to one. Uh, I don't know what's changed since then, um, but. Well, those three D commits make that. <laughs> There's a problem at Penn State. Change the boards. I can just see the odds makers doing that. Um, honestly, if, if you're going to take a bet, th- this is probably one of my favorites. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Ohio State is the favorite to win at one to one, even money. You bet 20, you're going to win 20. Next is Michigan at two to one. Bet 20, you're going to win 40. After that, you get a pretty big jump up to Wisconsin at 10 to one. And then us at 16 to 1. So basically what that is telling us is they truly believe that whoever wins the East, and they think it's going to be Ohio State or Michigan based on those odds, is going to win. That's it. They think, hey, doesn't matter who comes out of the West, Ohio State or Michigan, they uh, they have the best chance of winning this. If you think we're going to do well and get to the Big Ten Championship, those odds are incredible. Like if you think we're going to win the East, the value from – one to one and two to one up to 16 to one. That's a massive jump. Like you're not going to get those odds a couple weeks into the season as things start kind of the picture becomes clearer. So if you want to make a bet now in June, you're sitting around, you're like, shit, I wish there was football. There is no football. I want to do something. Boom. Throw some money on that. That is a nice fun bet where you'll, you'll win a little bit of money, right? Let's see. Let's, uh, you know, it was uh, I, you know, it was my birthday the other day. Grandma sent me fifty bucks. It wasn't. I'm just saying, fifty bucks is gonna win you eight hundred. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. I would. I will probably. I might throw fifty bucks on that. It's it's a really really good value. Um, I think my favorite thing about this bet uh, for the Big Ten Conference. 
there's one team that's not on the board. That's right. I saw that. Rutgers, you can't even, like, dude, Vegas, throw them a bone. Give them, like, don't, a one. Don't put them in their place. They should know. You're not <laughs> even an option, you fucking losers. That's uh, that home state, Pat. Home state. Yeah. Fucking oh, losers. Losers. You don't, you don't deserve to be listed among teams that, I mean, they don't even have a shot at winning five games, let alone a Big Ten championship. Get them out of here. That's Get true. them out. That's true. The, the highest odds right now is Illinois at 250 to one. So, again, if you're going to put 100 bucks on that, you're running $25,000. Um, I will say, I think if you want to take a long shot, um, Michigan State. Michigan State's a good one. Uh, they're at 30 to one. Um, honestly, one of my, fa- and this is like, I don't actually think this is going to happen, but one of my favorite long shots, you've got Purdue, you've got Purdue's at 42 to one. They, they made some noise, but I don't think so ever. Maryland is at 150 to one. For some reason, people believe Maryland is like a real thing. Um, that That's the one game that people are already circling as like a trap game for us and an upset. No idea. I, I kind of like Northwestern at 42 to one. Um, Fitzgerald, great coach. Love Fitzgerald. The big thing about them is they have uh, a quarterback that will start this year named Hunter Johnson, former five-star kid. Uh, I don't know if he was number one in the country, but he was up there. Went to Clemson, and then Trevor Lawrence happened, and he he, he transferred. But this is before the transfer portal, so he had to sit out last year. If he comes in and is like the real deal, and they you know they get some things together. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. But if you just if you're a degenerate and you want to have a little fun on a long shot, that's kind of a fun one. Um, but also think about the fact that they're in the they're in the West Division too, so their chances of making it to the Big Ten championship are much better. That's true. I I always lose track of who's they're there. in the West, right? I think so. Now that you say it, yeah, because they played against Ohio State last season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're terrible hosts. We don't know who's who. Think about how mediocre they were last year, and they were in the Big Ten championship. Oh, yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah. Fuck, I don't even remember that. Jeez. Need... We got really drunk at that bar crawl. Yeah, we, I need football to be back so bad. Um, all right, rounding this out, uh, under over for the season is still sitting at eight and a half. I think that's what it was when we talked a couple months ago. Uh, the over is the favorite, so you have to you have to bet a little bit more if you want the over to win. Um, but but it's at eight and a half, which, again, I'm, I'm hammering the over. Obviously, there's reason to believe that this will be a down year, but – yeah, listen, I, I will never bet an under in my life. It's just, it's not fun rooting for less to happen. It's just never going to happen. Um, what I think is really strange is there's a couple of game lines out already, but it's not the opening games of the season. Like they, they have listed Purdue, Iowa, and Michigan, which are the fifth, sixth, and seventh games in our schedule. That Michigan one's interesting. Yeah, so let's go through them. Um, I don't know why they don't have like, again, we open up with like Idaho. Why is that not on there? I don't know. Uh, Purdue, they have us as an 11-point favorite. Iowa, they have us as a three-point favorite. Michigan, any guesses? 12-point underdog. Three-and-a-half-point underdog. No. Really close. So well, We're playing at home, right? Yes. I think uh, – isn't that the whiteout this year? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Yeah. and and I was thinking because we got trashed by them last year. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's one, too, where it's like – if you believe we're going to be an absolutely dominant team, then sure, take it now and take the points. But honestly, mid mid season single game bets, I'm a degenerate, and I'm not even touching those yet. Like that's yeah. kind of hard to think about. But also, it's like, not like three and a half is so great, you got to jump on it now. Exactly right. If it was plus twelve, like you said, then yeah, maybe. 
Um, but yeah, I think my favorite bet right now is Big Ten Championship, uh, 16 to 1. Those are really good odds. That That's about as good as you're going to get for a long shot who should be an actual contender. Yeah. All right, that's it for football. Um, like I said, there's there's a lot going on in the recruiting world. Be be mildly concerned, but understand that this is part of the game. If we win on the field, things will take care of itself. That's it. That's all you got to do. You got to win. You got to put out the product that you're selling to kids. All right, let's take a break. Uh, probably maybe a word from our sponsors. I think we have some sponsors. And we will pivot to wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen. This past weekend was Final X at Rutgers. Ooh. I know, I know. But uh, New Jersey is a wrestling hub, so we got to give it to them. Um, it was a great event. The general format was, you know, wrestlers have already made it through the U.S. Open, the World Team Trials. That culminates in Final X, where two wrestlers go head-to-head in a best two out of three series to decide who gets to represent Team USA in the World Championships. So this is two wrestlers for each weight class? Yeah. A final two for each one. Got it. Yes. Um, and now they split up. There's two Final X events. They do half of it at Rutgers. The other half is in Lincoln, Nebraska this year. But all the Penn State guys were at Rutgers, which makes sense. It's, you know, it's closer to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so the big, the first real big disappointment was David Taylor is officially out um, he wrestled in a the, – there's a great charity event called Beat the Streets in New York every year, and they put on these tremendous matches, raise awesome money for charity. And David Taylor went there, and early in the match, his opponent shot in on him, and he came up limping. And he ended up – he I don't think he's officially said what the injury was, but it was a knee injury. I think it might have been an ACL. And he ended up having to get surgery and pulling out of the 2019 you know, pool altogether. Damn, that sucks. I was really it, sad. I thought you were about to say he lost, which I'm like, I don't see that happening. No, I, I, he probably wouldn't have. Um, I mean, he's just coming off a world championship. He was, he was the wrestler, the world wrestler of the year in 2019. Um, it's, it's such a bummer to see him out, but he will be back for 2020. Um, you can expect to see him in the Olympics. The upsetting part is now the current representative at uh in the world championship 2019 i think actually has to um he has to finish well and i don't know the exactly how it works but he has to finish highly enough at the world championships to guarantee a spot for team usa in the olympics at that weight it's something crazy like that oh and then not even have a rep at that weight um it not automatically i think wow he would have to do extra to qualify damn um and then the other thing is he also he's going to have to do more to qualify for the U.S. team than he would have this year where he, you know, if the ruling is if you're a world returning world medalist or Olympic medalist, you automatically from the previous year, you automatically sit in final X. But now he won't be from 2019 or two from yeah, for 2019. So he's going to have to go through possibly the U.S. Open, definitely the world team trials to get to final X and that's just extra stuff, you know, things happen. Yeah. But so at final X, we, we did end up having competing was Bo nickel at 92 kilos and Zane Rutherford at 65, both studs. Um, I'll go through Bo nickel first. Now this is going to be something Penn State, Penn State fans 
if you're just kind of a casual wrestling fan, don't follow the at-large wrestling community, you think, Bo Nickel, he's going to win. He was a bit of a long shot to get this spot. You're, you're about to hear something that we haven't heard in two, like three years as a Penn State fan. Bo Nickel lost. What? what? Yes. Uh, he That's lost both, both of his matches. Um, now, and he hasn't lost in years <laughs> at any level. But he's going up against uh, Jaden Cox from Missouri, who is a returning world champion from 2018. And I would say probably a top five pound-for-pound wrestler in the world right now. So it it was for sure a long shot. Um, In the first match, he lost 4-2. to And he got in incredibly deep on a shot. And I think he would have taken down literally anyone in the world but Jaden Cox with this shot. He was able to fight it off. And it was a close match, 4-2. It was a great outcome. Um, I think he scored on a, basically a stalling call and a push-out. And then Jaden Cox, I think, got two takedowns. Um, but you know, it was a great effort coming against a guy who is literally one of the best in the world, regardless of weight class, and quite literally the best in the world at his weight class. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of, uh, I guess, sorry, I'm echoing in here. That's all right. Sorry. Um, and then his really? second match against Jaden, he got completely shut down, uh, lost 5 nothing. Ooh. It was a tough one to watch. And, I mean, it wasn't not competitive, but, like, Bo just – he couldn't work any offense against Jaden, who's a tremendous defensive wrestler, and just nobody scores on the guy. And so just to do what he did as basically his first year out of college was very impressive. It, Probably going to be some of the best matches that Jaden has to wrestle all year, including at the World Championship. So you're 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 proud of Bo for competing as hard as he did and putting up any points against Jaden Cox. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I remember yeah. I think on Twitter in uh, some of like the the wrestling community and Flow Wrestling and people tweeting. Uh, there was one clip of Bo talking. I'm assuming this was before the match. Yeah. He was talking and he was like, uh, "Yeah, just really excited. They get, I get the chance to go out there and you know rep my rep my country and." Jaden kind of like threw a look and everyone was like, man, Bo talking like he's about to win. Like it was, it was kind of comical. Yeah. Well, also to clarify, I, he is on the U S national team. He's just the first alternate. Like if Jaden Cox gets hurt or, you know, then Bo wrestles instead of Jaden. Yeah. Well, that was, he still gets to represent the United States. Hey, Bo, good on you, man. We love, he's just not the guy. Yeah. And like you said, man, first year out of college and, and, Again, what you said earlier describes me and I think probably a lot of our listeners that aren't diehard wrestlers. Like, the dude has been unstoppable. Like, yeah, your blind ignorance is just, he's going to kill everyone. Uh, Most Penn State wrestling fans, I think, are just Penn State wrestling fans. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, And and I'll be very honest. Like, I probably won't watch a lot of the world stuff. Like, you're our guy for that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's super cool. So, like, okay, so he's on the team as the alternate. Like, where do you go from here as wrestler like is there professional wrestling to get into i know he talked about you know wanting to get into mma at some point like what's yeah, so what's plan is to try and make the olympics in 2020 and then go into mma okay so, so can he still make the olympics without this yeah so he'll basically he'll have to go through Jaden cox if he goes at the same weight class he'll have to go through Jaden cox again next year to try and be uh, the the guy for the olympic team Got it. So what's, what's your gut? Do you think he stays at that weight and tries to go through Jaden, or do you think he tries to go to a different weight class? 
Probably just because below him is David Taylor. Oh. And, uh, I, I don't think he's big enough to move up. He weighed in 10 pounds underweight for Final X. Oh, damn. <laughs> I don't see him moving up at all. Okay. Fair enough. Well, hey, best of luck to Bo. Uh, yeah. Whatever's next. And yeah, valiant effort, man. That sucks, but valiant effort. Yeah. And, you know, we'll be rooting for you in 2020. Um, and as just as an American, you can't be upset with Jaden Cox, one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Has a chance to go down as one of the best American wrestlers in history, the way his career is going. Yeah, that's awesome. Got to root for him. Yeah. And so the big controversy was Zane Rutherford versus Yanni Diakamahalis at 65 kilograms. Um, for any newer wrestling fans, like this, so Zane is pre podcast wrestling. Uh, he was a three time NCAA champion for Penn State, four time finalist. He was Jason Nolf and Bo Nickel before them, essentially. Got it. And so he wrestled Yanni at the U.S. Open um, in the finals and lost a tight match, but it was great. And Yanni, is, he goes to Cornell. He is a two-time NCAA champion, just finished his sophomore year. So he's oh, a freak. Wow. And he also wrestled at Beat the Streets against the returning world champ at 65 kilograms and beat him. So this kid is a freak. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, so Zane and he comes in second at the U.S. Open, uh, ends up winning the World Team Trials against Jordan Oliver, a guy he's never beaten, beat him twice straight, and it's a, it's a good way to show you that Zane is now on another level from where he's been the past couple of years. So we go into Final X, and Yanni is he's the favorite. Um, first of all, because he just beat Zane, and he just beat this guy from India whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> and Zane comes out the first match and just, he just lets it all fly. He, he holds nothing back and he wins. Uh, it was 10 to four or 10 to six, 10 to four. Oh damn. And nobody saw that coming. Cause that's, you know, that's in freestyle wrestling. That's still a pretty close match, you know? Um, but that's certainly not in, in like a, an irrelevant gap of points. Yeah. Um, and you know, Yanni just beat the best guy in the world. So we're all, we're hype right now. Zane just won 10 to 4, and it was a no-doubter. He won. Yeah, that's massive. And then, so the second match comes around. And the big controversy was, so there's, a, there's this weird thing in international wrestling where when the match is tied, it doesn't go to overtime. They have criteria, which is like depending on who scored most recently, who had the biggest move. That's who decides who the winner is if you're tied. It's really stupid. I don't like it at all. Okay, so do you know what the criteria are while you're wrestling? Um, I'm, I'm sure they do. Yeah. I, I fucking don't. Um, <laughs> I don't always understand it. Fair um, but like to, to put it this way, um, so a step out is one point, a takedown's two. If at the end of the match it's tied two to two, one guy got two step outs, one guy got a takedown, the guy who got the takedown wins the match. Because it's a higher ranking. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, so Yanni was up by two points with about a minute left. Uh, Zane goes in on a shot, and they get in this crazy scramble situation where Zane doesn't get the takedown, but he exposes Yanni's back. And in freestyle, you get points for just exposing someone's back to the mat. Uh, so they go through this crazy roll through. Um, where the ref awards two points to Zane for starting the exposure, but also two points to Yanni 
for basically changing Zane's direction and also exposing him on the roll. Okay. And they keep wrestling, and the the thing is, like, it, it's all kind of one exchange. Like, it, it never the exchange never really ends. Eventually, with about four seconds left, um, Zane, it looks like he might be exposing Yanni again to tie the match up, and Zane would win on criteria. And they don't call the two points for the last exposure. So Zane has lost the the second match. But Kale throws in the challenge brick to uh they they want to look at whether Zane exposed him at the end of the match. Can we take one? Yeah. Is it actually, ask questions wherever you need? Is it well that's a stupid one. Is it actually a brick, a challenge brick? I mean it's not like a cement brick. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a rubber brick. Okay, I, but still, that's fucking badass. It's great, yeah. Uh, as soon as you said he threw the challenge, I was waiting for, like, the challenge flag, and then you said brick, and my mind just went into, like, a pretzel. I was like, oh, oh it's a brick. They've got a red brick and a blue brick. That's amazing. I love it. Okay, so my, my other question is going to be, why the hell didn't they call the two points for exposure? But obviously, that's why he's challenging, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so, and it was a bad angle, like, from the TV. From the viewer, you couldn't tell if he did it. Like, as a Penn State fan, I'm sitting there like, oh, he, he fucking exposed it. That's two points. That's yeah, yeah. But, like, you really couldn't tell. Um, and what they end up doing is they don't give Zayn the two points for the exposure at the end. They go all the way back to that exchange where they both exposed each other and change it to just two points Zayn. So still the same. Yeah, so it still ends up being six to six with Zayn winning on criteria. However, the big controversy is you're supposed to throw the challenge brick in like immediately to five seconds after and it, that happens. So there is a lot of, it basically was improper procedure for them to change that score based on the challenge. Yeah, but that's not that coach's fault for throwing the challenge brick when he did. That's the refs deciding to change something yeah, else. Right? It was improper procedure by the refs. And okay. the, the, the big problem is, that Yanni ends up wrestling the last 30 seconds of this match thinking he's winning. Mm. So that changes, and so that changes every and, and then and after everything, they raise Zane hand, Zane's hand and says he wins. So Cornell is filing an official protest to try and get a third match wrestled. So we don't know for sure if, if Zane is the guy yet or if he's going to have to wrestle again. Shit. Is there any sort of like precedent? Has this happened before where they actually No. Match? I don't think they've ever made anybody wrestle off again. Wow. And But the, the other thing I will say is, so the opening exchange of the match, as soon as the match starts, Zane shoots in, um, gets a takedown, and exposes Yanni. And it's um, there's what's called a four-point takedown freestyle where if you go feet directly to back, that that's four points. So he did that and then turned him for exposure. And so it, Zane should have been up six nothing, but instead they they didn't give him the four point takedown. They gave him two and two, and then also gave Yanni four points for exposing Zane twice, or two points for exposing him once. So I mean, Zane also got completely cheated out of points at the beginning of this match. That weren't all. I mean, they weren't challenged by Penn State either, which they should have been. So he doesn't have, like, the improper procedure by the refs being cheated that Yanni does. But if you're going straight by points, Zane also got screwed out of some points in that match. It was a bad job of refing all the way around the match. And it's really disappointing to see it end the way it did. Yeah. yeah. 
Because again, you know, if if Yanni knows that he's down six two, he wrestles completely differently now. Yeah, everything everything's different. Yeah. So it's and there were there was a chorus of boos when Zayn got his hand raised. Like he they weren't booing him, they were booing the ref and the way it got handled, but it was really unfortunate to see, you know, he gets awarded the US team member and just showered with boos from the crowd. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, that sucks. Is it a pro Yanni crowd, or like, or are they just like wrestling purists? And they were like, well, wrestling. And no, it was it was for sure just a they booed what happened. Yeah, but still, like, if you're, if it's you're, unfortunate that that it got taken out on Zane. But they, yeah. I, I don't think no one believes the crowd was booing Zane. Yeah, but they were, they were booing the refs. But still, like, if you're if you're watching an event and one of these guys is going to represent your country. Like, yeah, it sucks. It happened that way, but aren't you going to, shouldn't you be happy for the guy who won? Like, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't help that this took place at Rutgers and Penn state isn't the most popular school. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Uh, yeah. So two takeaways for me, one, the ref was drunk, had to be, um, two. So you mentioned about like having to throw the challenge kind of like within a couple of seconds of it. Yeah. For the, for the issues that happened earlier where you said Zane got screwed out of a couple of things, like, is there a reason that they didn't challenge earlier, or or is that something? Yeah. That- so you get one opportunity to challenge throughout the match, and if you lose it, the other wrestler gets a point. Ah, so it's got to be super strategic. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So it, it it it's a risk to challenge a call. Is it? How often do you think it? Ha- I mean, obviously, expect <clears throat> you have stats, but like, is it something that's fairly frequent, super rare? Challenging or getting overturned? Just challenging in general. Um, you know, it's very common for it's it's pretty common. Okay. Because uh, freestyle wrestling is so subjective. Um, and especially if there's like an exchange at the end of the match that like could win it. And if you know the guy's down by a point anyway, you know, might as well just throw the fucking brick. Yeah, nothing to lose. Throw the yeah. fucking brick. Print that on a t-shirt. Man. I, love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. so when but, did we find out about this appeal? I that's the, I don't know. Damn. So as far as we know right now, Zane is the team member, but there could be some ruling coming down any day that he's got to wrestle again. That is absolutely insane. Um, insane. See what I just did there? Yeah. <laughs> got him. I'm funny, guys. I'm funny. Pat's the comedian, but I'm funny. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that that's honestly, it's funny. We uh, For the listeners out there, we were talking again, planning this episode, and when, when we didn't think there was going to be a lot of football, I was telling Pat, like, hey, I think this is going to be a heavy wrestling one. He said, don't worry, some uh, some shit went down. We got things to talk about, and sir, you did not disappoint. Yeah, um, but as far as we know now, Zayn is going to be at the World Championships 2019. So unfortunately, we've only got one Penn Stater repping us this year. We thought we had a chance for three, you know, realistically. Uh, Bo, unfortunately, wasn't like a realistic uh, <laughs> shot just because Jaden is so good. But we thought it could be Zayn. David Taylor and Jason Nolf. Uh, Jason ended up having kind of a disappointing outing, but he'll be back. He, he's got no plans to go to MMA as far as I know. So he'll be back for 2020 and, and beyond and definitely expect to see him on a world team in the next couple of years. Awesome. So when are we now that, uh, that Zane hopefully will be wrestling at? Uh, I honestly don't know when they are. Sometime soon, later in the year, any idea? Um, no, nah, I'm sure it's at least in a couple of months. Your credibility is being destroyed right now yeah. as a wrestling analyst. I forget. <laughs> if you want pure, real analysis, big J journalism, go to the real guys. 
You want some fun, stupid banter? Come hang out with us. But I don't think it's any time before September. I'll put it that way. Okay, cool. So we got we got some time before that happens. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Cool. Anything else uh, from the wrestling world? Um, we got Final X Lincoln coming up. No, no Penn State guys involved in that. But if you're a wrestling fan, it's going to be a tremendous event. Um, and you know, hey, I mean, we've got Zane Rutherford starter, Bo Nickel first alternate, and Nico Megalutis second alternate at 61 kilograms. So we've we've got Penn State is repping guys in the international wrestling community these days. Yeah, that's awesome. something you probably expect to continue to see with all the success that we've had. Absolutely. Oh, actually, other huge news for Penn State wrestling specifically, Anthony Kassar and Shakur Rashid have been granted an extra year of eligibility and will be returning next season. And the champ. Yes. So we nice. do have our, our one returning NCAA champion from this past year, plus Mark Hall, plus Chenzo Joseph. Plus Shakur Rashid, who should, you know, if he can stay healthy, will have a tremendously better season. So chances of Penn State repeating are much more likely now. That's awesome. I love it. Makes me happy. Uh, <laughs> we, we will wrap up there. Uh, we've had some technical difficulties. Oh, there was a laugh. Kind of hearing that. Uh, either way, fun, fun offseason episode. Uh, we're getting closer, getting closer to football season, so we'll have more on the field content coming soon looking at the depth charts talking about breakout players everything you guys want to hear about uh, but as always hit us up on twitter on instagram we love chatting with you guys appreciate all the support as always and uh share with your friends tell them about us if you like us we are ladies ladies and gentlemen welcome to welcome to the roof deck this is episode one episode one we have got we have we have got people here We've got, listen, the topic, the topic is, the topic is your first celebrity crush. Favorite celebrity crush? Your first, when you were a kid, who was it? Oh, Lance Bass, who is now gay. Okay, so how does that make you feel? No, that's First celebrity crush. Charlize Theron. Have you seen Long Shot? No. It's a really good movie and she's very sexy and you should see it. But does it count against Aeon Flux? Ooh, that definitely counts. Yes, 100%. What What about Charlize made you love her? She's kind of badass. She cusses, you know. She doesn't take shit from no one. You know? I like that. I love it. I love it. This this is Jake's Corner with Jake Connor. Uh, sweetheart, who was your first celebrity crush? Mine? Um, I don't know. I don't know. First celebrity crush. Answer. Oh, you yeah. said I don't. Um, the guy from like uh, the, the pirate thing. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Uh, was there a particular pirate movie you liked him in? No, he's just very sexy and very like on point. And he knows what he wants and he just gets it. She, she, loved, the, she loved the she loved the dark eyeshadow. That's what it was. The big dick. It's a big dick. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Johnny Depp has a small dick. It's a big dick. Okay, give me give me a. All right, you you told me about your first. What about current current celebrity crush? Hemsworth. Oh my god, yeah. I got it, bro. I love the little down unders. I thought you were about to say Lee Liam or Lip 
from Shameless, but that's fine. All right, current celebrity crush for Connor. Connor. I'm gonna say, oh, the the Connor, not the Connor from New Zealand, but the Connor from LA. But I like Emily Blunt because of Sicario and Edge of Tomorrow. She showed that she can go from a regular woman to a complete fucking badass over the course of two hours. I actually love Emily Blunt because I feel like John Krasinski is a is a underdog for women. I feel like Emily Blunt is an underdog for men. It's not common. It's not it's not particular, but goddamn, she's beautiful. Beautiful. Alright, my man, listen, alright, so we're gonna start with this. I need I need I need this. I need I need your childhood crush and then your and then your current crush. Childhood crush. Fucking Juice Hazard, Jessica Simpson. Oh my god, love it. Those, those, those thirsty Okay, okay. And and your current, current crush. This beautiful girl named Yumiko. Hey, do me do me a favor. The people are asking for it. Make out. Make out. No, that's what Yo, that's so much better than Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello. That's so much better. Yeah. Alright, hey. This one's crazy. Alright, do me do me a favor, give me give me a normal kiss. Normal kiss. Can you do normal kisses anymore? Hey, normal kiss, normal kiss. A little tongue, a little tongue, a little tongue. Hey, that's so much better than Camila Cabello and Sean Mendes. You have an answer you've been waiting for. Okay, so listen. No, 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 but, but here's what I need. I need, I need, I need, I need your childhood. I don't have a childhood one. You can make one. Who is your childhood crush? And then who is your current crush? Celebrities. I don't have a childhood crush. But my current one. Hit the 30 second skip. I have a current one. And it is me comforting Liam Hemsworth. Post Miley breakup, fuck yourself, Nora Kate. Okay. I will comfort Liam to the ends of the earth. Actually, this is a, this is a question for the ladies. Ladies, I need a, I need an answer. Okay. Okay. No, we're gonna get to you. Trust me. Trust me. We're gonna get to you. Lady, ladies, ladies. I need an answer. I need an answer. Okay. Miley, Miley has broken up with Liam. And and. Listen, and she's currently dating some other chick. Have you seen that? Caitlin Carter, boring. What's her name? Caitlin Carter. Caitlin Carter. Okay, ladies, what is your opinion on Miley's female relationship? Go, girl. Who cares? Get after it. Do what you want to do. No, I don't like it. Okay. Miley. I like Miley, but I don't like the way she went about this. I think it's fucked up, and I think she could have done. Well, Miley and Caitlin Carter, they're they're in love, aren't they? None of us know about it enough, but okay. I feel bad for Liam because he's been hung out to dry. Like she didn't give a position where Liam was allowed to like justify anything. Like he was obviously gonna be a nice guy and be like, oh, like I'm not gonna talk about it, whatever. Meanwhile, she's out here flaunting her new relationship, and he can't say anything because he's too nice. I don't think it's fair. That's fair. I will say from a guy's perspective. I'm team Liam. From a guy's perspective, Miley Cyrus with another woman is incredibly attractive. Um, but anyway. Well, Miley doing anything is attractive. Yeah, of course. She's gorgeous. But anyway, uh, we're going to start with your childhood crush yes, gotcha. and then your current. So hit me with your childhood. Childhood, Lance Bass. Current. Wait, wait. Are you, are you aware he's gay? I'm aware. What, what does that make you feel? Um, 
mostly just a little embarrassed. No, but let me ask you this. Do you wish you picked a different NSYNC no. guy? No. Because it's not going to be Joey Fatone. Not going to be Joey. Not going to be Joey. I truly don't think Justin Timberlake's that attractive. Unpopular opinion. Um, and the rest of them, I literally don't even remember their names. Okay, fair enough. Current day crush, who do you got? Harry Styles. Oh. Whoa, this is, wait, 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 ladies and gentlemen, this is our first, this is our first actual, actual grade. current. Okay, so Harry Styles, let me ask you. Yeah, it's that's not, not that's not that's not Harry Styles. So did did you follow him from oh, the beginning? Sure did. Uh huh. Did you find him attractive from the beginning? Sure did. He was sixteen. What the fuck? Yep, I was a freshman in college. Respect. Okay. Um, let me ask you this: Is there another member of One Direction that even comes close? Niall. Niall Horan. Uh huh. The Irish lad. Okay, is it is it the accent or is it just physical? Um, it's both. He's hot as shit now that he got his teeth figured out, and his Irish doesn't his Irish accent does not hurt. Okay. Plus, I'm an Irish lad. Irish lad, wait. Yes, you're a lad. Uh, so if if Harry Styles was here right now, what would you say to him? Um, we've gotta go. And that's all it is. And that's all it is, Jake. This is Jake's Corner with Jake Connor. Sof, bring it in. Welcome, welcome to Jake's Corner with Jake Connor. We're talk, we're talking, we are talking childhood celebrity crushes and current celebrity crushes. Do you have a childhood celebrity crush? Nick Jonas, hundred percent. Childhood? Nick Jonas. Oh, Haley Joel Osment. If we're going real time. Haley Joel. Haley Joel Osment. Was my childhood crush. Okay. Okay, what about right now? You. You're being dismissive of me. What about right now? Right now? Do do you have a do you have a crush right now? Right now, my crush is this guy. Does he count? Does he count? Can you say his name? Barrett James. Barrett James, you have just been identified as a crush right now. How does that feel? Overwhelming. Okay. Uh, did you ever think you were gonna be a crush? I dreamt about it when I was a child, and then other things took precedence, and I forgot about my dreams. Yeah, honestly, that's fair. That's totally fair. Like, her childhood was somebody from the fucking Backstreet Boys, and her current is you. Like, that's that's gotta feel good. It feels right. It feels right, Chris. It feels yeah. right. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, uh, are you? What are you drinking over there? Natural lime. Okay. Natural. How does that taste? Tastes pretty average. Yeah, that's what they. Do. Have you ever had the? Uh, have you ever had the actual no flavored white claw? Never. I've never. I've never been able to try it. As you shouldn't. Okay. Uh, the question we're asking is, what is your childhood crush versus what is your current crush? These celebrities. So child. So I. I'll, I'll give you an example. For me. For me, childhood crush was Topanga Lawrence from Boy Meets World. I was in love with her. Absolutely in love with her. For you, childhood. Pretty sure my childhood crush was Paul Walker. Yeah, from from what? Uh, Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not Varsity Blues. No, no, no. Uh, Fast so you, and the Furious, Paul you saw him Brian. first. Okay. So you saw Brian, and you fell in love. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. We love you. We love you. And today, current. Today. 
my current crush is a man named Douglas. Who? Who's Douglas? He's a guy that I met months ago, and <laughs> is he right here? No, he's not here. Fuck. Okay. What? What does Douglas have that other guys don't? I'm still fine figuring it out. Yeah. But he's a really nice guy. Listen, Douglas, if you are listening, you have a special one, man. You have a special one. She she loves you. She won't say the L word, but I'm going to say it. She loves you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is Jake's Corner with Jake Connor. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back to Jake's Corner with Jake Connor, where we pay in straight. Your last name is Connor. Straight cocaine. Uh, no, that's his guys. Uh, oh. Welcome to Jake Corner. Uh, Corner. This, this is Jake's Corner with Jake Connor. You see that guy? Where we pay in straight cocaine. Um, with Connor Lowe And uh, here we are. We're we're talking about what we're talking about. What we're talking about is your childhood crush, celebrities. Celebrities, listen, listen. I, We're going. I through. contributed to this. But, one but no, no, no. But we also have pivoted to your current crush. So, childhood celebrity crush and it. current. The what, listeners what, know. Who's your childhood? Childhood. Jessica Simpson. Fucking juice has it by fucking Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson. Love it. Okay, what about right now? Right now. Celebrity crush. I have a celebrity crush, bro. You're a fucking lying. Uh, no way. Make her good. Current celebrity crush. Oh, he's thinking about what, it. What's your, uh, what's your name again? My name is Chris. Chris. Okay, Chris. He's got this podcast right now, Chris. Yep. He's uh, killing it on the podcast yep. game. Okay. The celebrity crush. Chris. On the uh, fact is... You know it. You know it. Who is she? Say he it. He is putting in some thought. Margot Robbie. Yes. Oh, yes. That's a good one. She. No. No. Current. No. Current. Okay. Margot Robbie is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Wake up, guys. See the fact that Joss didn't give shit to us. Joss. Yeah. But that Connor, new age Joss. Oh shit. Hey, hey, listen, I fucking love y'all. Love you guys. Hey, hey, we're going to have more questions after the break. This this break is brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Are we live? Fuck your break. I've got one for you. Crush? Did you give her celebrity crush? Yeah, I told you not. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. This one's for the pod. So I am here with a couple who is more in love than anyone I've ever seen. Guys, 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 how long have you been together? Join my bro. I'm from New Zealand. We've been together for a year now. We met in Indo. Indo. How did that happen? We were hostel roommates and we banged the first night. Oh my God. Yeah, she blocked me out, bro. All right, so fir- fir- first night, what did you exp- what did you think after the first night? On- honestly, nothing much. I just wanted. <laughs> no, you you were in love. You were in love. Nothing much. I just wanted to chill, and this fucking beautiful girl was like, "Yo, we're going out tonight. You guys coming?" And me and my 
one of my good mates that was there who was a really good surfer. He was just like, fuck it, let's just go out with these girls and see what happens. Yeah. So we go out, and then, long story short, this girl just puts her fucking tongue down my throat. Bro. Yeah. Woo! And you guys have been together ever since? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So wait, where do you live right now? Right now, I live in West Hollywood. Fair. Now. Okay, you guys are both here now. Yeah. Okay, you're making it work. Yeah, so like what happened? Well, it's temporary. He doesn't, he's not a citizen. Yeah, but you love this. No, I love him so much. Yeah, wait, Brian, there's a huge story. Baby, like, you're, you're- no, the, guys, guys, I listen, listen, listen. I'm not trying to manipulate anything. This is a this is a beautiful story. Like I love everything about this. Yeah, no, this is this is not what normal people do. So But the, after, but this is beautiful stories. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You'll, so you'll after met after you'll we, we 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 were together and we we both knew that we there was a click there. Yeah. So four of my best friends were like, yo, we're going to LA next month or in two months time in January. So you knew you were going to see it. And I was in Indonesia at the time. And I was like, fuck, I need to go home, renew my passport, but I'll be keen, boys. I'll be keen. So we go to LA and... One of my best friends, uh, like, he lives here. Yeah. He's got dual citizenship, and he's, like, a baller, like, fucking works in, like, Crushes one, of the, it. one of the posh posh cafe restaurants. Oh, shit. Okay. He, like, yeah. Grand yeah, he's at one of the posh restaurants in Bennett. So, me and all the boys, we we, we have this bus, like, a, literally, a, like, a... A party bus. Yeah, no, like, a school bus. Like a oh, shit. Like literally with like the, what is it, the maneuver? I don't know, but it's got like two bunk beds in it. On the bus? On the bus. And we and just... Smelled. So wait, what did you expect? You knew he was coming? Yeah, and then we've been inseparable ever since. So wait, let me, let me ask you. You knew he was coming on a ridiculous bus. Yeah. What were your initial thoughts? Actually, I took the bar exam and he came the last day of the bar exam. Side note, did you pass? Yes, I'm going to Congrats, to babe. Yeah, bitch. Okay. So he's on a bus on his way to you. What are your thoughts? Like, were you... Like, were, this fucking hot-ass guy that I banged in Indo. You were impressed awesome. by it? Yes, of course. Look at oh him. Oh, my God. He's beautiful. Yeah, so that's what we did. Like, we met up, and then ever since then, <laughs> we... We've just spent so much money on flights going yeah. back and forth to each yeah. other. So where are you right now? Right now, like I'm, I'm in LA. I'm gonna. No, but he stay. was. Right, but Canada. but where's home? Canada. Well, what part? What part of Canada? Oh, like home for me is New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay, where yeah. were you in Canada? In a place called Banff. Banff. Oh, I've heard. I've heard beautiful. Have you guys visited? Yeah. No, I yeah. visited in the winter and the summer, and it's so pretty. The, oh, okay, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous there, right? Like, Man, your accent is incredible. Listen, right, I'm I'm getting a, hard. You're American. It gets me juicy. And you want to get fucking loose? Go to Banff in Alberta, and you'll you'll be shown a fucking. I fucking there, right? love it. Okay, so you're from here. Yes. And what about what about his commitment to come here made you made you realize it was real? I like, loved him right away. Yeah? The first night he was so fucked up and he gave me a necklace. What kind of necklace? With a kiwi bird. <laughs> it was the kiwi bird. And he was so blacked out he doesn't remember giving it to me. But that's adorable. It was. Oh my god. 
All right. Well, listen, you two are by far the best guests we've ever had on this podcast. Because well, I wanted to give it to you when I met you in No, and then I didn't, and then I, I, I saw you, you in time. LA. So I was like, I fucking have to give it to you there. All right. Do me a favor. Give me a kiss for the podcast. Give me a kiss. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that. That's so much better than Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello. So much better. Ladies and gentlemen, this is true love. This is true love. Fucking talk about that. Oh, we can definitely talk about. It. All right. Uh, to to to. All right. To true love, we love you guys. Go fuck somewhere. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Camilla and Sean. Stand for this. You don't. I no. just recently learned him. He was. Listen, he's hot oh, as shit, and we're also dating. But oh, wait, you're dating him? Yeah, Camilla and him are just the PR stunt. He's covering our relationship. How how did you meet him? I met him at a bar. Okay, what was it like? It was like a really chill vibe. It was like exclusive. Like it wasn't open to the public, obviously. Sure. People would sure. swarm. Of course. Um, but yeah, we, it was a very casual bar. We met. We just walked up, and I was like, "Hey, you look familiar." And he was like, "Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before." And then it just kind of we just really hit it off from there. Okay, so you are you are a non fan of Camila Cabello. Yeah, I think she's garbage personally. Okay. Um, I think she, maybe, yeah, a lot of people like her, but I think her music's trash. I think she dresses like a 12-year-old. Ooh. Um, and it's not even flattering to her body, and I think she just tries too hard. Ladies, but again, like, I'm not jealous at all. Not even a little bit. Ladies no, and gentlemen, like, you heard it here first. 0% jealous. You heard not. it here first. 0% yeah. jealous. Not, not at all jealous. 